0: Welcome to the Wellesley Free Library Book Report Book Rankings and Recommendations for When You're Ready to Read. Thanks for joining us for this first episode of the Book Report podcast. I'm Heather Lee Byrne, Information Services Librarian at the Wellesley Free Library. Our podcast connects Wellesley Library patrons with ranked popular titles and book recommendations in different genres so you know what to reach for when you're ready to read. I came to the Wellesley Free Library after having worked mainly as an academic librarian. I was used to ordering, managing the collection development of my subject areas, and helping students and faculty with their research, all things that translate to public librarianship in the Information Services Department. But one thing was distinctly different, and that was helping library patrons who are reading for pleasure know what to read next. I found myself called upon to recommend popular fiction and nonfiction books for the general public. So I want to learn more about how to recommend popular books and more about the genres that readers in this community gravitate toward. Each week, we'll have an interview with a Wellesley subject librarian who is responsible for selecting materials in a certain area. They will talk to us about a book or film or audiobook that they can recommend to Wellesley readers. This week, we're kicking things off with adult fiction. I'm pleased to introduce you to Megan Flynn, who is the fiction subject selector for adult fiction, large print, mystery, and all lucky you books, fiction and nonfiction. Megan gave me the idea for the report side of this podcast concept because she's so adept at ass- assessing the weekly purchase reports that we get. She's also really great with readers' advisory and is someone here that I want to learn from. So, Megan, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very
1: much, Heatherly.
0: <laughs> So when you're doing reader's advisory, do you think that you draw more on your experience as a selector, like reading all of the book reviews and selecting books? Do you think it's more your experience advising readers over the time that you've been an information services librarian? Or do you still draw from your own reading experience? Like I sometimes panic and do. (laughs) Sometimes I draw from
1: my own reading experience. I don't read as much as I should, definitely not at all. Um, I'm not a voracious reader, but I'm in a job where I probably should be. So, But I do read a lot of book reviews, and I am um, usually know like, what the basic plot is, if a book's been popular. I can point that out to people. I also use Novelist Database sometimes to recommend books to people or to get book lists. Uh, so those are a couple of avenues, but sometimes it is a book that I read and I really liked.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really fun to share those books that we love and uh, really want other people to enjoy. But um, you mentioned novelist, and that's something that I've definitely turned to when people have a really specific question. So it's wonderful how many tools there are that we can reach out to like that.
1: Yes, and library patrons can use Novelist from home, and they can search for recommendations themselves on Novelist.
0: Yeah, it's available on our databases page at yes. our website. <laughs> Make use of them, and uh, very important. Okay, so I'd like to kind of turn to what we're going to discuss today. You brought a book that you would recommend to Wellesley patrons. Uh, What's the title and author? Um, it is called The Summer
1: Place by Jennifer Weiner.
0: First, can you tell me a little bit about how you found out about this book? How did you first hear about it? Well, Jennifer Weiner's
1: been writing since 2001. Her first book was Good and Bad. And she's kind of a People don't really say this anymore because it's kind of a pejorative term, but like a chiclet writer, Mm -hmm. kind of women's relationship fiction, not profound literary fiction. This isn't the Brothers Karamazov, but very entertaining stories um, about young women, now a little bit older women, um, relationships with families, Mm -hmm. romance, things like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's been, I don't think I've ever actually read a Jennifer Weiner book. However, I have been surprised by how many folks really love and enjoy, like, um, I think the author, Ellen Hillebrand, said that she loves Jennifer Warner's books and that they are some of the most fun ones that she's ever read. So I feel like that's something that I really want to put on my list. Maybe if I'm going to go sit on a beach, I'll get to this one. So can you tell me um, a little bit about this, like a little brief synopsis of the book? Um, yeah, well, um, I think for the past three summers,
1: uh, Jennifer Warner's put out a book with the word summer in the title that mm-hmm. takes place on Cape Cod. And this is The Summer Place. Previously, there was Big Summer and That Summer. This is about a family reunion on Cape Cod for a wedding. Uh, The person who owns the house where everyone's gathering is the step-grandmother of the bride. And it was just a very entertaining book. A lot of plot twists, some surprises,
0: kind of a Um, page-turner. Yeah, no, that sounds really fun. Um, So we talked a little bit about Jennifer Weiner and how she's kind of a big author. Are there any media or major review reasons why people might have heard of this title? Was it some, you know, sometimes we get these New York Times book reviews that really recommend things or it is a TV series tie in. Does she have anything like that? Um,
1: I think at least one of her books was made into a movie in her shoes. Oh, okay. Which I remember I took my husband to see when we were dating. He was a good sport. And he was the <laughs> literally the only man in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, I think she's just really popular at this point. And this was a while ago. She was complaining that often... Women did not get reviewed in major outlets like the New York Times as much as men, and she compared herself uh, to the male writer Jonathan Tropper and noted that Jonathan Tropper, if I can remember this con- little controversy correctly, Jonathan Tropper got reviewed in the New York Times and. Mm. She was not.
0: Yeah, so so as, like, a women's fiction writer, she wasn't getting the same kind of press. But Jonathan Tropper
1: wrote the kind of same kind of family, you know, family dysfunction,
2: Mm -hmm. hilarity
1: ensues, (laughs) you know, kind Mm -hmm. of books. I think Jennifer Warner is a much better writer. No offense, Mm -hmm. Jonathan. But, um... (laughs) And she wasn't getting uh, the same kind of level of book reviews that he was.
0: So frustrating. Well, she's definitely a much bigger name because to be perfectly honest, I don't know who Jonathan Trapper is. And I definitely know who Jennifer (laughs) White is. (laughs) So So when you were, uh, you picked up this book, uh, what, what did you expect going into reading it? And how did were your expectations met basically? Recently,
1: I've, I have had to take like a break from hard news because I just things are depressing out there. We all understand that one. Yes. So um, I'm was looking for something not too heavy duty, and I listen actually listened to this book in my car commuting to work, and it it definitely was not too heavy duty. Uh, she did bring in the pandemic and the bride and groom actually their relationship progresses at a much faster rate than usual and it was because of the pandemic and because they were kind of stuck together all the time so she
0: does bring in that so she just jumps into covid she really doesn't shy away from that because so many writers are like oh i don't want to write about the pandemic or they use it as like the focus of the book but it's interesting to hear that somebody's just writing along you know talking about life as so many people experience it during the last two years
1: Yes, so she talks about uh, Ruby and Gabe, the bride and groom, and how their romance progresses rapidly. Ruby's stepmother and father, who are married, their marriage faces some challenges because they're home together all the time.
0: No one can relate to that,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, I wouldn't know. <laughs> and uh, I, apparently the flip-flops that uh, the husband, Ruby's father, wears because of his plantar fasciitis is a major plot point. Because I guess they make <laughs> a lot of noise and they're really annoying. <laughs> In a house with many stairs. Mm,
2: you know,
0: I think that I can relate to that <laughs> to a certain degree.
1: <laughs> the flip-flops become larger than life.
0: Was there, were there any other themes or anything else that struck you about this book in particular? Well, one
1: thing I noticed was there are two bisexual characters in the book. And, uh, the, the groom, actually, Gabe is bisexual and, uh, the bride knows that about him, even though they are engaged to be married. And, uh, then another character who was married to a woman, That marriage ended, and then he kind of explores his sexuality and has a relationship with another man. And there was an earlier novel by Jennifer Weiner, which I think was based on her own mother's experience as a woman who was a lesbian, who married a man and had a family, and then later on in life came out publicly as a lesbian and had a long-term relationship with another woman.
0: Yeah. So I think a lot of books um, that seem to be coming out are kind of exploring more of these themes than maybe were uh, explored in the past. Does she treat it in a really serious way or is it more of a side plot in the story? Well, I think with
1: Gabe, it's treated more like, oh, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I do. Uh, with the other character, it's more of a, a thought out, how, how do I really feel? Do I want to go this way? Um, you know, I was married to a woman, have a child. What's my next step in life?
0: hmm that's really interesting it seems like we're we're getting a lot more nuance in terms of dealing with these issues than maybe some of the books that we read in the past where it was a a tragic secret or you know something like that or you know comic relief whereas now it's being treated a little bit more like a normal part of life yes exactly and i noticed this so which is a good thing so i agree so did you find that this book had a satisfying ending? Yeah, it did. It was mostly a happy ending.
1: You know, there's some sadness, but it kind of things wrapped up neatly. It ended on a positive note, and which is what I was looking for. Perfect. <laughs> so okay. and and I checked the boxes. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of people are looking for in summer reading books, beach reads. And it looks like that's what Jennifer Weiner's been doing with these Cape Cod series of books.
0: Yeah, It seems like something that's definitely meeting a need right now for a lot of people. Are there other authors that you would recommend to somebody who really likes this book? Or conversely, if people like certain, are there some other authors that are kind of like Jennifer Weiner?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Eleanor Littman is a writer who writes kind of Women's relationship fiction. Uh, she's very popular, and there's a lot of humor in her books, too. There's, I think, in Jennifer Weiner's earlier books, there was a little bit more humor, and now it's more just the plot. Um, who else can I recommend? Ellen Hildebrand, who mm-hmm. um, has writes, you know, kind of women's fiction, romance. Her uh, stories also usually have, like, I think I read one there with, like, a murder and, you know,
2: Mm -hmm. a,
1: a lot of drama. And Ellen Hildebrand also, like Jennifer Wire has been doing, is publishes her book in May or June, all set for the July and August vacations.
0: Perfect. Yeah, we just had an author talk last night by Meg Mitchell Moore, who is promoting her book Vacation Land, and she is friends with Ellen Hillerberg, and she, um, was talking about that publishing cycle, kind of, you know, getting in on the summer beach reads, but also that this is a, it's a good cycle for exploring family relationships, uh, kind of slice of life, sometimes more suspenseful, sometimes more humorous, but that um, the publishing world has these times of year where certain types of books come out. And this type of fiction is generally that May-June release date.
1: Yes, yes, which sometimes with the library and the end of the fiscal year here can be difficult because the Ellen Hildebrand books, sometimes they cut, they're published after our cut off buying date. <laughs> That's tricky. <laughs> this, this year it was, it came out early enough, so. But um, if it comes out like the last week of June, we can't buy it till the first week of July.
0: So frustrating, but yes. you do a wonderful job keeping the shelves stocked with fiction. So thank you so much for joining us today and for your recommendation.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure, Heatherly.
0: Let's move on to this week's Wellesley Reader's Report. Since this is the first episode, I can't comment extensively on things moving up or down our list, but feel free to take a look at the whole report at wellesleithfreelibrary.org bookreport It includes additional categories like biographies, cookbooks, graphic novels, YA, and audiobooks. In adult fiction this week, we had The Lincoln Highway by Amor Tolles, which was listed as a book of the year for 2021 by Oprah Daily, Time, NPR, and more, as well as having maintained a pretty brisk checkout rate this spring here at the Wellesley Library. This take on the Great American Road Trip novel follows four boys who set out from a juvenile reformatory in Nebraska in 1954 as they make their way across the country to San Francisco. Number two in adult fiction is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. This historical fiction novel tells the story of a fictional old Hollywood star, Evelyn Hugo, who gives a tell-all interview late in her life. This book was published in 2017, but it enjoyed a fresh bout of popularity in 2021 when it went big on book talk, TikTok for book lovers. Number three on our list is The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave about a woman who thinks she's found the love of her life until he disappears. This mystery thriller spent 48 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list and is a Reese's Book Club pick. Our next category is adult nonfiction, and number one is Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wilkerson. It's an Oprah's Book Club pick and Los Angeles Times Book Prize winner for 2020. It details an unseen phenomenon, a hidden caste system in America traced throughout our history. Number two in nonfiction is Borges and Me, An Encounter by Jay Perini. Fleeing the United States During the Vietnam War. Borges is a side character to Perini's road novel memoir. Another one. Do you think that's a summer thing or just that people enjoy these road trip stories all the time? Number three is Limitless. Upgrade your brain, learn anything faster, and unlock your exceptional life with Jim Quick. I love a good personal development book, and this one is a New York Times and Wall Street Journal number one bestseller. In Mystery, at number one, we have Moonflower Murders by Anthony Horowitz. I happen to be reading this one right now. This is the second with this editor sleuth and an apparently deceased fictional author who put all the clues together and wrote them into a novel that we read as part of this one. The first book in the series is Magpie Murders. Anthony Horowitz has written loads of mystery fiction, both as a novelist and as a screenwriter, including creating the popular British TV series Midsummer Murders and Foyle's War. On to number two, with The Madness of Crowds by Louise Penny. This is another Chief Inspector Gamache, the Quebecois detective. This is the 17th novel in this best-selling series. Number three is The Dark Heart of Florence by Tasha Alexander, the 15th installment in her Lady Emily series, and is set in Florence in 1903. These long series seem to create a pretty substantial audience for the new releases. I know I grow to love the characters in certain series, and I'll stick it out even when critics aren't necessarily impressed. Number one in science fiction is Red Rising by Pierce Brown, and even though it's from 2014, it's the first book and eponym of a series that is really popular right now. It's set in the future on Mars and follows low-born miner Darrow as he infiltrates the ranks of the elite golds. Second is Ariadne by Jennifer Saint a retelling of the myth of Theseus and the Minotaur from the perspective of the Princess of Crete. This one's sort of in the vein of Madeline Miller's Circe. Third is Dune Messiah by Frank Herbert. Second in the Dune series of six novels. Maybe for those who don't want to wait for the movies to get that far into the story. In the DVD category, first is Spider-Man No Way Home, the one with three versions of Spider-Man all at once. Second is Uncharted, also starring Tom Holland, An action-adventure treasure hunt. Third is Death on the Nile, the new Kenneth Branagh adaptation of the classic mystery by Agatha Christie. I don't know how I feel about Kenneth Branagh as Poro, but I haven't seen this production. If you have strong feelings either way or would like to comment about anything else we cover, you can let us know at wflbookreport at minlib.net. That's wflbookreport at minlib.net. NET. And now, some library news.
2: Hello, this is Assistant Director Kara Rothman. I'm here to share some Wellesley Free Library announcements. Our summer hours have started. The main library is closed on Sundays through September 4th and the Hills and Fells branches are closed on Saturdays through September 3rd. This summer, read beyond the beaten path with our summer reading challenge. Teens and adults can log books and activities completed throughout the summer to earn raffle tickets for prizes from local Wellesley businesses. The challenge runs through August 20th. Register at wellesleyfreelibrary.beanstack.org. Our live music is back in the library. Join us on Thursday, July 14th and Thursday, July 28th at 7.30 p.m. in the Wakeland Room for Summertime Blues. Cool off this summer with indoor movies in the Wakeland Room, Featuring 2022 Oscar nominees. Join us for a screening of Licorice Pizza on Monday, July 11th at 6.30pm and Raya and the Last Dragon on Thursday, July 21st at 3pm. For the month of July, our exhibit spaces feature photographer Judy Brown's pictures of farm animals in the James E. Mahoney foyer. The Wakeland Room features George Connolly and Paul Cornacci's Partners in People paintings. Stay current on library news, events, and announcements by signing up for our weekly newsletter at wellesleyfreelibrary.org. Thanks for joining us today for this first
0: episode of the Wellesley Free Library Book Report. Special thanks to Library Director Jamie Jergensen, Assistant Director Kara Rothman, Head of Information Services Sue Hamlows, all the Information Services librarians, including our special guest Megan Flynn, WFL IT department, Jeremy Goldstein from the Minuteman Library Network, and of course to patrons like you who make this work interesting and rewarding. Please reach out to us with thoughts, comments, and questions via email at wflbookreport at minlib.net.